0: Welcome to the Cockney Guide to Enlightenment podcast with me Stephen Rosen. This is a place where we have deep conversations and find out what really makes people tick. I've been through a very deep journey in my own life from being a, a nine-year-old in the early 70s selling stolen shoes down at brick lane to uh, a 22-year-old standing in a hotel room surrounded by drugs and bags of money uh, with uh, warring Lebanese militia. I have seen some interesting times in life and I changed all of that round and became a very successful businessman in the city of London and found that there was something missing. So this podcast is about going deeper underneath the surface of what we might think that we need in life. There's a rich uh, quality of life that we all can tap into and sometimes we have to just dig a bit deeper. So, my story was Lost in the Babylon, it's out actually on Amazon now. I hope you enjoy this podcast. If you do, please uh, share it with your friends. Please subscribe or just follow and you can connect with me at Cockney Prophet on social media. Let us know what you think of it and enjoy this episode. Welcome to uh, the Cockney Guide to Enlightenment, the first podcast with Joseph Fordham, uh who's a good friend of mine, and Joe's a, uh, a publisher, he's an author, and he's also got his own podcast now, Journeys, with NPLH, and how's that going, Joe?
1: And well, there's there's two, uh, so there's Journeys, which is like long form storytelling. And uh, there's another one in conversation with, with which is like a, an interview format like this, basically, where I just get to know people from within, within the game. Um, both going really well, learning experiences, um, quite fulfilling. But yeah, really enjoying it.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's great. And, you know, thanks for all, all the help that you've uh, given me. You know, you gave me a lot of help with the book, formatting of the book and, and the cover. I remember... The ordeal of the cover going backwards and forwards between you and Paul. Was that and, a
1: difficult part of the process for you having to just let some of that go when uh, you'd obviously spent a long time writing it?
0: Good point. I was I was able to uh to relinquish the need to control it, even though the the stakes for me was was pretty sort of high. Uh but yeah, it's 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 amazing that, you know, just through how I've kind of lived and and learn to live, really, just uh, being able to let go, let go, and, and know that, you know, I'd kind of done the best I could with that, and, and then it was, you know, in your hands and Paul's hands, and, you know, I was uh, just sort of checking in every now and then, but how was yeah. it from your point of view? <laughs> Is was right?
1: yeah, just, uh, I guess that was the foreman in you coming out there, on like a building project or something, just uh, how are we getting on with that, and two tradesmen, like, uh, not great. <laughs> We're going to have to knock another wall through. We're going to have to redo this cover.
0: What's your your sort of process when obviously the, the pressure's building up internally for you? You know, how, how does that work out? What does that look like?
1: Um, I have struggled with that before. Better at it now with, I guess, some of the learnings about myself and how to handle situations in general over the past couple of years. You kind of just, you zoom out a little bit. I guess, yeah, you start employing some of the 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 learnings I guess and patience and and perspective and things like that so until recently I would literally be pacing or um I'd be agitated spend you know a few months on an issue for example get it back from the printers get really excited about it notice something a little bit out of out of whack and and That's the issue ruined for me. Let's move on to the next one. And
0: So you just write it off if it wasn't perfect.
1: Yeah, I "I can't look at that anymore. That's done. I will just put it in the box with the others. And, you know, people would share it online and say nice things about it. But then I'd be thinking, yeah, but on page 64, there's like a double space between those two words.
0: So that's that's kind of just perfectionism coming out and just such high standards that you hold yourself to.
1: Yeah, and I don't know why. I remember the book for West Ham and uh, my brother was in it, photographed my brother and interviewed him to build his memories for that entry in the book and had some copies delivered and gave him his book. And the first thing he did was go to his page and he pointed out that there was a missing space. And I was so pissed off because I thought, well, there's nothing I can do about that now
0: how many did you have uh, i
1: think there was 2000 2000 books okay or late ones and you wasn't and, going
0: to recall them then
1: no it's like i wasn't going to recall them but i did also think why would you point that out to me and what what do you want me to do about that i felt quite small then and no one had said oh well done which I guess right. I was looking for was a well done Uh and I thought I'll beat myself up about this enough on my own without you doing it for yeah. me as well yeah so um so maybe there's a little bit of like kind of when I see something like that which you see in everything like you can't buy a, a, a book a magazine or anything without finding something you you'll always find something to, that's what
0: you told me you used
1: Formatting my one. Yeah, like you're always going to, no matter how many eyes you got on it, you're going to find something. I mean, I think I might have even shared some photographs of you in a book that had sold like two million copies or something. And uh, I was reading it at the start of the year and there's typos in it. Yeah. It happened. So I don't know who I am to think that I can make something that hasn't got one in. But it's just the level that you, I guess. Yeah, I
0: think that just comes from our own sort of, you know, our own expectations of ourselves, our own conditioning, and, you know, what. Uh, where we come from, really, that we we was uh, hold ourselves to account much more than other people would. Really, yeah. I was uh, I was working up in London yesterday, and I was driving round round Smithfields, and the satnav kind of took me past the little turning, so I I wound up having to go all the way back round in the traffic, and the uh, client had phoned me and said, "Oh, you know, are you come in," and I said, "Yeah, we we're only five minutes away," and then the kind of diversion was probably where the traffic was going to look like it was going to take me another 20 minutes. And and I could feel myself, you know, just getting more and more frustrated uh, at the situation, which I couldn't do anything about. But I was observing my own my own process. And, you know, there was a choice there where I could have just gone, I'm accepting this, let's be calm, let's move, move forward. But I was kind of engaged in that other part of it, which was... Uh, Getting more and more frustrated with the situation. Not accepting that it's powerless over the traffic and the fact that the sat never sent me the wrong way. So I got to the job really stressed and uh, I haven't been like it for a long time with, with things, but it's just just goes to show you that even all the work that I kind of do and the work I see other people doing, we're as good as we are in the moment, really. We're as good as we are practising uh, You know what we can do in the day. So... Yeah, so I think that's that's an ongoing sort of thing, isn't it? Just
1: yeah. Do you think that you would have reacted that way though if you you hadn't been kind of wrestling with something else in the background for several weeks now? Like, do you think there's like an is it an underlying thing?
0: Yeah, I I could have I had the choice to uh, to behave differently, and it's a good point. You know, I think background stuff does does kind of have an effect on you definitely i think it's uh, it's always has an effect on you and that term the straw that broke the camel's back comes from just from that really just just you know coping with stuff for so long and then one little thing happens and that's it boom it goes so i think that could be could be a factor but it was more that i just i started to kind of give myself the story that I really didn't want to be doing this anymore, you know, uh, and, and then sort of just bought into the whole thing that oh, I used to employ loads of people up here and, you know, what am I doing here? You know, it's just kind of bought into the whole negative sort of story about why I shouldn't be there. I quite, I quite like doing the job, but I certainly don't like the traffic. But I think it was probably, maybe, yeah, maybe just kind of worn down by by other bits and pieces that have been going on, you know, processing kind of deeper stuff it quite often uh, does come out on the surface you know if you're not careful it comes out sidewards as my uh, most people probably know yeah.
1: i ended up at my mum's a, a couple of years ago now as you know i'm using the toaster and didn't pay attention to the settings unfamiliar surrounds i've burnt the toast and I it came out cremated and i just threw it at the window in that moment it's, i was acutely aware I'm angry at the wider situation that I've found myself in. And uh that was like a little bit of a maybe an alert that I've carried since then is when I'm directing any anger or frustration at something, I'm asking, is this about the toast? Like is it about this or is it about, you know, what what's going on? Uh just encouraging myself to get to the root of anything that might be bothering me i used to get so angry when i'd get to the tube station in woodford and just see a a platform six deep of people because it meant there'd been delays and stuff like that And i thought as soon as you see that you think i'm late for work yeah i've done all of my bits uh at this time this time this time this time and now i'm late for work and i get so angry but i guess that was identifying i wasn't aware of it but like a lack of acceptance of a lack of control
0: i think a lot of it comes down to yeah the underlying stuff that's going on and 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 you know previous traumas previous you know stuff that's happened in our lives that puts us in a pattern and uh yeah i can certainly identify with that you know i used to Used to explode as well, you know. I smashed a lot of uh, lamps and and telephones. Was what, what I would normally kind yeah. of comes to breaking, and then just uh, yeah, just that straw that broke the camel's back. Not dealing with the underlying stuff that's going on, really. Yeah, and it's got to come out somewhere eventually. Otherwise, you just internalise it, and it, and it becomes you be you get ill, don't you?
1: Yeah, you do. You don't know it until you know it. And then you've got, you've got a lot more work to do than what you, you would have had if you'd have kind of noticed it sooner. And I think that's definitely, going back to the creative process, I would definitely recognise, but yeah, especially retrospectively, that lack of control over certain aspects bothering me. But again, not aimed at the individual, more a case of just like, I've done all my bits here, I've coordinated it up to this point and now I'm waiting and I don't like that. Yeah. Like I said earlier on, that's definitely subsided and I, I do I feel like I'm enjoying these projects more now that I've let some of that go. It feels less like I've given myself another job. It's like, you know, I've made this thing and I get to work with these people. That's quite nice.
0: Yeah, yeah, Don't put absolutely. any pressure
1: on, your, on yourself and um, it will come out when it comes out or... um. Or just a learning, yeah, just tell people when it's ready rather than put pressure on your own back. And even, th- yeah, this last project came back from the printers, looks lovely on one side, a few little things on the other side that I thought could have been better, but I was like, you know what, it's fine. But there's definitely some progress there internally where I'm like, I can, rather than like put that away and think, oh no, that's that's ruined for me, I'm taking it more as like a, how can I make that better next time? What did What could I have done? could have started it earlier could have asked for a bit more help could have done this could have done that um accepting that for what it is and then we'll just try and do another one now and
0: yeah i think that's that's the process isn't it of of learning of, yeah of just kind of learning and learning to kind of be kinder to yourself in in that process especially you know when you come for a a, a place of hiding holding a really high expectation of yourself yeah it's, uh time-consuming process and practice to kind of unpick all of that stuff. Mm. And, you know, we've had a lot of great conversations, really, about unpicking, you know, the underlying things in life and just making little breakthroughs.
1: I don't know where that perfectionism comes from, though, because it doesn't come out in all areas of of my life, that, that need for it. Like, I don't present myself immaculately, at all times, I walk around in a PE it kit. Looks like
0: it comes out in the baking, though, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. That could be a that could be a, a new little vocation yeah. for me. I don't know, but yeah, it's not like a, you know. In and in like career-wise, I haven't strove for perfectionism and and all that kind of stuff. It's just uh, I think when I when I'm making something, I'm definitely looking for that with maybe like the end result being some external validation
0: yeah. from it from particular sources. Uh, I think that's really, it's a real kind of difficult place not to, you know, to to get away from that really, to get away from that external validation. Yeah. And it takes a lot of internal work, a lot of internal work Mm. to get underneath, uh, you know, being validated from outside and and getting your self-worth. I think lots of people, Walk around in life and, and certainly, you know, you've only got to kind of look on social media to see how people uh, present themselves. And a lot of it is, is just that. It's just how they present themselves. You know, it's not real life, is it?
1: No, not at all. And, and you know, the, the validation that you get, and I, I know this myself, it doesn't really, um, like, nourish, nourish you fully anyway. Like it might work for five minutes, but if you're not giving it to yourself, then... It's pointless, effectively. I think um, you get you get. It feels cheap, I guess, because you're thinking it's gonna fill a fill up a, a void of some sorts, and then it doesn't. I've been kind of trying to learn a bit about this with a couple of books I've mentioned to you this year that are based on the Adlerian theory of like um, uh, yeah, external validations and why we shouldn't chase it, but why it's natural that we do, but Working against that kind of grain will bring you true happiness. Um, rather than like caught in that kind of validation, just be of service and like try and offer value to situations, and you'll feel fulfilled in that way. Ra- rather than getting the like the words back, like lip service back, or whatever. And it all makes sense, but it is you know it is hard to just kind of undo years and years and years of it is yeah
0: yeah because you're in a in a a a kind of well conditioning you know you've been kind of conditioned or that's how you've grown to uh, get that that sort of you know sense of self worth through other people and I mean service is a great one in in the twelve step fellowships you know that's a, a big way where. They start, you know, uh, teaching people to get some self-worth for themselves by just being a service to others. Yeah. And it's a good mechanism, you know, it's a good mechanism for getting out of yourself, really, because I think that's, what, that's what's underneath all of it is, uh, you know, we're just kind of, we want a connection. We want to kind of find that place where we feel okay. And most people, you know, spend time externally trying to get that, you know, whether it's through relationships, whether it's through work, you know, security, wealth, whatever it is, you know, people can spend their whole lives uh, seeking that, seeking that connection, which is, I think we've all got it within us, within ourselves, you know, it's just getting to it is, is the difficult part and, you know, we need to move a lot of stuff out of the way, I think. And, and, and that's why, you know, as well, the name of this, podcast the Cockney Guide to Enlightenment is is about trying to reach that place where we are you know we're a bit more enlightened about what's going on for us and and what makes us tick what's what our motivations are instead of uh you know just dancing around on the surface when there's something much deeper pulling the strings and and just not being aware of it but it's uh it's really good when you start making those little breakthroughs and you make those connections and they're connections with with yourself you know they are deeper connections to a source that provides what you need in life. It's just uh, very, very tricky to get there. Do you sometimes
1: like just count the awareness of something as, as the win in a situation without a resolution? I've noticed that I do that a bit and I wonder if it's a bit of a cop-out, but I'm like, oh, at least I know I'm being like this or like that or I'm I'm acting in a selfish way. I'm not apologising for it. As an example, like I'm you know, using selfishness as an example, yeah, I might say to myself internally, oh, I've noticed I've been acting a little bit selfishly there, but at least I'm aware of it. And I almost justify the behaviour by saying, but at least I know it, and that's half the battle won, and then I'll well. kind of move on. And I don't know if that's a particularly <laughs> healthy, um, healthy way to look at it, but I think I've noticed that as my like, self-confidence has returned... Or he's returning. Notice some of my edges starting to come back with it. Yes, yeah, so I'd been rounded off for a for a period of vulnerability, I guess. And like I say, as I'm getting, as the chest is starting to puff out a little more, I notice the edges coming back. Where, and I'm like, is What's, that?
0: What do you mean, the edges? What are you kind of um, talking about? So like maybe like a bit of
1: a bit of competitiveness coming back in me, and like faults like that where. I've maybe like shunned that bit of me for a bit because I've, I thought, I know, maybe it's just not healthy to be like that and if it, that brings out a side that maybe could be deemed ugly as a trait and that kind of thing. But then, like even just yesterday on a run, uh, an event was mentioned and I thought, oh yeah, I could do that. And then I thought of a, a relative who will be doing it and I thought, yeah, I only want to do it though if I can get into the kind of shape where I'll beat him because... I want to beat him and I want to shut him up because all he does is talk. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting because I've not thought like that in a while about that kind of thing. I'd just go out and run and enjoy it, just or, for the, yeah, for the know, fun this kind of, of it, thing. Yeah. But then I think I'll do that though, and I could enjoy that run, that event. But then this relative, well, a relative's partner, he will just make a competition of it and be like, oh, you know, I, I beat you by whatever, and I don't want that. Because I think, well, I would consider myself naturally more talented in that area, but maybe I'm not in the right shape. So I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do it unless I know I'm going to beat him so that I can then say something to him. like yeah. get get. And yeah. then I'm like, oh, this is interesting. It's quite, is that quite ugly? But no. then the person I was running with says, no, it's like, competitiveness is good, survival of the fittest. And I'm like yeah I've not heard a lot of this talk lately and I'm like and that's just one example I guess but it's like maybe just like a bit of a a ruthlessness and a bit of bite coming back into me and I think oh is that just who I am then or or is there a way and you can change it like it's it's the whole scorpion Uh, on, on the frog's back kind of thing right yeah
0: I think it's about observation really I think it's about observing yourself and and I think you know getting back to your, your original point about <clears throat> you know is is that a win or or is it just uh, you know am I just telling myself that as a bit of a justification but I think when uh when when we're doing kind of work on ourselves as in you know trying to change uh patterns of behavior trying to change uh character in in a lot of ways uh, when when it becomes out of out of balance really you know and I think characters can get out of balance and competitiveness is, is great if you're a, a sports person it's great to be competitive but I think you're obviously it sounds like you're looking at the underlying reasons for that and then well why am I competitive you know why do I feel competitive with this guy and is it is it to kind of iron out an old grudge or something that's been going on for a long time you know is it not about the actual race uh, so I think we've got to be really vigilant around that sort of stuff but also kind to ourselves and not be beating ourselves up with the fact that you know our, our traits might be out of balance a bit really yeah because most people's are you know most people's are it's like
1: paradoxically i also believe that you don't learn anything when you win Like you learn more from your defeats and failures and all, all of that kind of stuff um
0: that's the American business model, isn't it? yeah but but like, like we'll I would go bankrupt a couple of times yeah, before you are successful. Yeah, yeah, but i
1: would I would see like using the running analogy again, I would see doing the event and then pulling up halfway round with a pulled hamstring as defeat or failure, easier to stomach than being beaten, but its in, actually you know what as as I'm saying this, something has coming up from today, which Jade pointed out to me. You like to prove a point, and I'm wondering why that is. And when I get the bit between my teeth, I don't let it go. And if I'm wrong, I, I, I'm happy to hold my hands up and say I'm wrong. But if I know I'm right, I will hammer down on it. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and that's yeah. I wonder, I wonder why that is or where that comes from.
0: It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, trying goes back to the validation and I think it goes back to probably self-esteem you know on a deeper deeper level and and the fact that yeah I I sometimes you know I'll have a discussion with someone and and I'll I'll just make a point of of what my view is on that and even if I know I'm 100% right on it I just don't really wanted, I, I I haven't got the need to just keep pushing that and get that other person to accept a point of view over theirs so yeah it's a, it's a skill that kind of you know you I developed really uh, mm. over a long time but I think it's also like the principle behind it is just allowing people to be who they are and to have their own opinions and to whether it's right or wrong whether we agree with it or not but it's allowing people to be who they are.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. There was a, it's an example with work today. And and this is what I was talking about with Jade. A bit of content for a client and uh, they wanted to change something. And what we had in place was grammatically correct. And I pointed that out. And uh, said, it's, it's not a case of, preferences it's just what you're asking for is not grammatically correct and uh and then jade said why do you care i was like, actually it's a good i don't know because i'm because she's wrong and she needs to be told she's wrong because like, you know, that, that person is wrong and this needs to be right and she's like but why why does it just let let it go like you don't care it's not your thing if that's what they want let them have it kind of thing and yeah I'm like, it's uh... yeah why can't i let that go um yeah and I I get yeah selfish maybe I'm going to draw some kind of not validation but some kind of strength from I'm right and you were wrong and I don't know why I'm needing that in that situation
0: well I I suppose the the ego is is you know when when we kind of talk about the ego people immediately go to like the over inflated ego and, and kind of see that but the ego is is very very subtle I think and you know, for for my purposes, the ego kind of feeds all these other patterns of behaviour. You know, and and they all go out and do its bidding. So I think you know the ego can be you know maybe a bit too sensitive or and and it overcompensates. So yeah, so uh,
1: not being heard is definitely like a real sticking point for me, and maybe that example ties into that where it's a case of you're, you're just not listening to what I'm saying. And I think that's definitely a recurring thing through life where I'll just be like, you're not, you're just not listening to what I'm, my point. Yeah. And if you did, you might see this differently or, yeah. Do
0: you, do you like, know where that comes from? Or can you get back to like the source of that? Yes, yeah, it's a good one. I'm not
1: sure. My, my, my dad used to have a, a line that we used to laugh at a lot and I'd, wonder if i've built a complex out of this i don't know but he used to say i'm not always right but i'm never wrong and <laughs> it, like, it, it, that would be it deliver it in a, a way that was quite um i guess like quite fun so you yeah. didn't really take it as a i'm not listening to what you're saying kind but of there thing.
0: was an underlying message because it was coming from your dad yeah, yeah so it's
1: like whatever you say is fine but i'm right like yeah. you know i think that brian Clough has got something similar he'd say yeah we'd uh the players would talk to me for ten minutes about what they wanted to do, and at the end of it, we'd decide that I'm right. Yeah, and it's, I guess maybe it's a bit of that. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I've had it in relationships before, where you know, tiny little, just a, could be the tiniest most incidental thing, and I'd be asked an opinion or how something worked or what I fault, and then it'd just be ignored. And I think why, why ask me? It's got to be something from being young and not feeling heard i don't know i can't think of any like core memories though that 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 would give me a like the kind of the birthplace of that i guess but something that i've articulated a lot with jade whereas i get very frustrated when um when i don't feel like i'm being listened to i'm happy if someone says to me hear your point but then fine but it's just when it's being completely... Again, another work-related thing. You know, for weeks I've been talking about a problem in process. No one's entertaining it. And it's become a problem for someone higher up now. So now they want to talk about process. And it's like, well, okay, I have been... Yeah. That, and I take it as an insult. Right. You don't take me seriously. And maybe that's what it is. Like you're not Maybe I wasn't taken... Maybe I didn't feel like I was taken... My feelings were taken seriously as a, as a kid or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Jade's learned that when I'm sick, I don't take anything. And I, I just go quiet and I just get on with it. Definitely as a kid growing up, there would be little sympathy for that kind of thing. Right, yeah. And you're fine. Um,
0: so you always acknowledged that you were yeah, so it's you like, know, needing for,
1: something. Yeah. For like, you know, um, feeling really ill. So just go to bed, you'll be fine. Yeah. Rather, you know that kind of stuff and and in some ways it's good because you just as you grow you just kind of get on with things like that i I hate taking sick days from work because i just automatically think they won't believe me so i will
0: Oh, that's interesting isn't
1: it yeah i'll take myself in well i don't now because i'm lucky enough to work remotely but in the past i've um i've dragged myself in i'd rather them send me home and say you look terrible than call in and yeah. say I'm sick because I just think they're not going to believe me. They're going to think I'm having it off for a day. Uh, broke my leg a few years ago. Dragged myself in in a leg brace and uh, sat there with it resting on a pulled-out <laughs> drawer. And I'm on, you know, like, co-colder mode, co-colder mode for like a day or two. But then even then I was like, nah, I don't like the way the... You know, I'm not used it's to taking it. Scratch. I don't even take a paracetamol. Yeah. So I stopped taking them and then I'm like, oh, God, this leg's really hurting. But then I'm like, of course cool, it is. I'm not taking painkillers, but just didn't grow up like that I was just um...
0: I had a, a similar thing I, I went through a plate glass window when I was I must probably have been about four or something like that cut all my wrist open took a big chunk out of my wrist and uh, I mean I can't really remember the, the incident but I remember kind of a few years ago before my dad passed away telling me about this This, you know we was having a chat and he was telling me about when I went through this glass window and uh, even even all those years later he was he was like, you know what, you didn't even cry. And he was so proud that I didn't cry. <laughs> and you can imagine like a four-year-old kid going through a glass window yeah, and and going to the hospital, being stitched up, you know, not crying. He's, That's not normal, is no. it? That's not normal. No,
1: it's not. But,
0: I mean, you know, obviously the impact of my life was, was I grew up like that, you know, I kind of grew up, yeah, just not acknowledging my own pain in a lot of different areas, you know, a lot of emotional pain as well, but. It, it kind of, you know, that was a, a real good insight, you know, back to being four years old and and that was the expectation that, you know, you got to be staunch, you got to be tough. Yeah. You know, Four-year-olds who go through glass windows shouldn't cry.
1: <laughs> yeah, and what a mad kind of expectation to put on yeah. a kid. It reminded me of something from being a kid, not as dramatic as that. Um, but I was with my Uncle Bill and we were going to collect there was a family must have been my nan's 75th I guess and I went with him to collect glasses for the party that they were having that we were having and I was in the back of the van and the glasses toppled as he turned the corner and the boxes have kind of like landed on my legs as I'm sitting out there with my legs stretch and I hurt a bit so I would have been what so seven something like that maybe hurt a bit and I was like you know he can, he's driving, so the boxes are just kind of on me, and I'm trying to move some off. And um, when we pulled up back at his house where my mum was, and they'd come out, I've definitely thought of this through my life, but without really putting any significance on it. The, the reaction was they were laughing, and no one said, Is your leg all right? Or was it, you know, it was yeah. kind of just, they was laughing. And um, I would have just sulked. I would have been sulking because I thought, well, you know, I am all right. Yeah, but no one's asked if I'm all right. And as I'm saying that, I'm hearing my mum because I know she's said this recently about herself. No one asks if she's all right. So there's a learning for me there that um, as much as I'd like to be asked, it, I could definitely ask people if they are Yeah, I think all, it's, all right. it's what
0: we're used to, isn't it? I mean, if you, you've not kind of been given that attention and that nurturing, you know, from from growing up, then the expectation is that it's, it's not there and, and mm. you kind of do without it. And, yeah. And, and it's not something that you give to someone else because it wasn't something that you received yourself, so... Yeah, and it, that
1: definitely comes out now. In, I mean, it would have happened in any relationship I've had, but noticing it now with Jade is like oh, yeah, I don't know what to do when you're upset, really. I'm like It's not natural for me to come and... Console you. Console, yeah, because yeah. uh, I just kind of think... I'll stay over here and you'll be all right. Uh, yeah. So it's like a real removal for me to kind of go like, are you okay? Do you want a hug or that kind of thing? I'm only aware How of that How does that now. feel when you do that? Uh, I mean. Feel, sometimes it feels really inauthentic because I'm not always feeling uh, like that compassion. Yeah, But I know that's not necessarily important either, if I'm feeling it or not. It's more important that the person is receiving something. Yeah, Whether or not, who cares if they care if I'm all right? Just asking is nice. So I've got to, got to remember that, I think. But, you know, it's just... Uh, yeah, I do feel difficult some. sometimes. I mean, like, we've had these family incidents in the last couple of years with relatives dying and... I've seen my mum crying when the phone calls come in and it's unnatural for me to go in and I'd rather walk out the room because I don't know how to handle not, that situation. Yeah, not I equipped to really deal nah, with it, yeah. Drag around um people crying. Being vulnerable. Because I think I don't know what to show you because I've I don't get you know I say don't it's just not something we've done as a family. And then when I was with my mum for, for that year in 2021 and found it really difficult to open up to her because I thought, well, this is breaking the habit of a lifetime. And she was really trying. And in, the, in those moments where she would kind of like give me a hug and, and stuff like that, you could, you could tell it wasn't natural for her either. And there was an air of like, come on, come on, let's just get up, get yeah. out of bed. And you're like, well, can't get out of bed don't want to get out of bed um can't just cheer up it's unnatural for her but then i understand now that from her side she's like the i think the sixth of eight kids so she's well down the pecking order in terms of affection herself yeah yeah um so like again yeah you give what you got right so I, i don't hold that against her I understand it now, which is something. Um, it's just a yeah generational thing, isn't
0: it? I think uh, it is. I think it's. Uh, it goes that we, way. We've now, we've think. had this discussion before, you know, over, over coffee, haven't we? About leading the way with yeah. these things when when we find ourselves equipped to to kind of break those break those cycles, really, yeah. and, and do something different. And yeah, I've done 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 it with my dad, and I've kind of done it with my mum as well recently. And uh, and she opened up as well to to stuff that she probably hadn't told anyone, or well, certainly not us kids anyway, uh, about when she when she left when you know when we was
1: you know very very young. I think I'd find it easier to give someone sympathy that I don't know, like in in like the street. Once there's a connection there, and I feel like there's that expectation to give. I'm wondering if there's almost like a Resistance in me to give it out of like almost like a well I didn't get it so like a out of spite maybe and maybe I'm looking too much into it and putting a negative label on it it could just be a simple case of I don't know what to do so is this kind of wooden cuddle kind of thing you know yeah, a, no. um but yeah
0: I think once again it I think it goes back to connection you know connection with ourselves and 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 not having that or not learning it it's, it's something that then as an adult you know especially if you in you if you're in a close relationship or you want to try and improve your relationships with family and that you've got to start uh taking a bit of responsibility on for for your side of things and and stepping up a bit you know and and yeah it's uh quite often very very difficult it yeah. often doesn't happen does it but
1: i'm actually i definitely shy away from some of that with my family I've, definitely communicate with them a, b- a bit better now or I because I understand them a bit more I react differently um maybe like accept them for how they are versus how I am like my interests and stuff like that um but then there are still things that come up where you think I, I don't know what to say but so I should say something surely that I don't like the way you've just spoken to her or the way you're Speaking to me, or, um, or I'd just like to talk about dad. Can we do that? And there's like a, I'm scared to do that. I don't because if I if I say to you I don't like the way you're talking to her, your response is going to be way out of proportion. You won't be able to hear someone push back on you, for example. Or if uh, if I say yeah, can we talk, have a chat about dad? then with like with my brother for example just don't think i'll get anything back from it but then equally when my mum wants to bring him up i close up so it's like what's what's going on i want to talk about him or can i not talk about him um there's definite barriers in i find it easier to sit i'd sit down happily in the coffee shop and talk to a stranger about any of it
0: it's a lot easier i think isn't it because you haven't got those uh those conditions in place with a stranger, you can you can just be open, can't you? And, you know, you might never see him again, but you haven't got all of that previous history of, you know, how it works and this is how we position ourselves in, in this conversation or when this situation happens. And yeah. families, you know, obviously are notorious for, you know, just ignoring stuff, you know. Uh, I think a lot of families these days, you know, I speak to people who, who do encourage that sort of thing, you know. But I think when you haven't had it uh, as a kid, and when your kind of parents never had it, uh, it's difficult to to try and change that dynamic, you know. And it is, um, uh, my, I think I'm the same with my brother. My brother doesn't really go anywhere like that, mm-hmm. you know. He's, uh, yeah, it's just not on the agenda.
1: Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Because you think, well, where do where do I meet you? Like, where can I find you to talk about this? Like what level do we have to go to? <laughs> oh yeah. Uh,
0: I, I just I just recall actually when when uh, my brother kind of fell out with some some of our friends years and years ago. I won't go into why, but you know they, there was a kind of falling out and uh, and it was never really resolved. And and I was out with with my brother and I think he must must have been drunk or something. And he started talking about this, you know, he started talking about these people, and I was in touch with him and I said, well, look, you know, I can. Let's, let's call a meet together let's you know you know let's just kind of call the meet together we discuss it and, and you know you can say what you need to say and, and he said, yeah 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 do that let's do that and then I kind of phoned him the next day and said oh, I'm going to contact so and so and he went ah, what what for so I went you yeah, know, I was just want to sort of Oh fuck it don't worry about that it's all bollocks you know he's like back to it was like that uh, Shutter Island you know? yeah yeah just uh, <laughs> There's something strange happening here. Yeah, know, just kind of go right back to the beginning again. <laughs> but it's interesting that that obviously it was there. You know that is there, and uh, whether it ever comes out, you know some people just bury it and and it's buried away and it's locked away. And every now and then it raises its its kind of head. But to actually confront that sort of stuff and deal with it in families, I think is is quite. It's a powerful, it's a powerful way to really improve the quality of your relationships. Yeah. But it comes with a big risk, doesn't it? If it's never been done.
1: It does. Yeah. And like part of me wonders if there's any, if there's any point in it, if there is, if, if like got, to, if I've got to the point uh, where I'm like, okay, this is, I understand maybe like how this is ticking now. Can I just move on from that, accept it for what it is? I heard a quote, well there is a quote, for, I listened to a podcast recently called How to Foul with Elizabeth Day and she was speaking to a guy called Spencer Matthews who was a former reality TV personality turned kind of adventure endurance athlete. Um, it was kind of like matured as he's moved away from alcohol and he's started a family and all that kind of stuff. And his acceptance of it of, of certain things was was shining through. He said, "Sometimes you've got to make a choice between like what to what to look at and what to bury and put a flower on and move on." And, and I thought it was really like a really kind of succinct way of putting it. Is this just one of those things that is the way it is, and put a flower on it and move on, and just work on myself? But is that a selfish attitude, like, or can I take myself out of my comfort zone a bit and try and help? the like the the unit family unit a bit i don't
0: know i think there's there's like an intuitive sort of moment where you feel you know if if that arises that you can you can do that you can kind of step up and and try and lead the way through for a difficult uh an unusual process that's it doesn't happen but equally a lot of things you know you can only do what's what's on your side of the fence sort of work-wise you know and and uh and I think my, you know, I've put a few flowers on things, and but but never, you know, never close the door completely. You know, it's it's. Uh, I think it's about just getting comfortable with how you are in life, and 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 you know, and going back to you know talking about my mum the other day, how she she opened up uh, about stuff that she hadn't said for years and years, and it kind of it gave me some real deeper understanding of, of some stuff that was going on for me. You know, I was, well, she, she left when, when I was like, you know, very young and there was a lifelong pattern of, of, of kind of, you know, expectation of, of, of kind of having something that wasn't there really. And that played out in, in, in lots of relationships, uh, just expecting that, you know, someone was going to be there who wasn't kind of available and, yeah, and then that that kind of played out. So, I had a chat with her the other day. I think I told you about this. Yeah, and yeah. And, and, uh, and and she opened up a bit about how, how she was kind of thrown out of the pub in early hours of the morning by my dad. Uh, so she they'd they'd split up, and she'd left once, and then come back and tried to get together, and then was thrown out by my dad, who was who uh, <laughs> was a, a bit of a lunatic to say the least, and. And and then yes, then she's kind of opened up about that, and I'd never heard that before. And and a few days later, I was I'd been processing all this stuff, and I was running, and and a fault came in, I'd, I'd split up with uh, with with a person, you know, around about Christmas time, and then I get this this kind of. Uh, Groove an old groove, an old pattern that comes in about you know being being seen, and and I run past this thing, and I thought, oh you know, a little fantasy started popping in my head about oh so and so might be there, and they might see me running and tell so and so, and then I caught her, I catch this stuff, but then I started going down, you know, where's this coming from? Why does this fantasy keep coming back up? And and it was kind of about that. It was about being as as a young child being quite traumatised by an abandonment by no no one to talk to about it and and you know there was no communication it was just you know mother's gone and that was it and uh and i kind of as i was running i realized as that young child you know it must have been painful and and really you know that kind of that trait that had played out throughout my life was really about about just help me see me help me with this what i'm going through and uh yeah, and it was quite powerful that I kind of recognised after many 45 years or something like that, that that's what that little fantasy was about, you know, it was about that young child trapped, trapped deep down, just wanting someone to see him, so it turned into a fantasy of yeah. so-and-so might see it, you know, and rec- and yeah, it's just uh, powerful stuff when you, when you kind of get the opportunity to finally connect these things up and, and see, you know, and just see where they come from and and why yeah. why those things are there you know why those those things are, are just in place throughout your life so
1: it's quite a satisfying thing when you come to when you connect some of those dots isn't it because it like going back to the putting a flower on it you think okay i get that now yeah yeah um and then out of it maybe there's a little bit in of like a change in in behaviors going forward like, you're like i don't need to do that now I definitely know it's yeah from. definitely yeah definitely hit on a a couple of those over the past couple of years and um you think where, where's that coming from and then like, there's this i remember getting like my dad being so annoyed at me because i've got mud on his 501s when we went to city farm one day and uh he was so angry with me all the way back and and i remember thinking oh, i just it's just i flicked a bit of mud like, and i'm being really dragged through it here yeah and uh and then I was thinking, he shared a bed with four brothers, grew up in in a dump, and got you know worked like a good a good honest job, supported a family, got to buy himself some nice things. They weren't just a pair of five hundred ones to him, like they are to someone now. They were like mm. a, they were representative of him being self sufficient, having grown up in like poverty, I guess. So yeah. He, and he's not really, I guess, yeah, he's just like, he was just protective and feeling like, you know, he was like, oh, my, they meant something to him and that's all right. And I yeah, kind of hit it could have that. been,
0: it could have, you know, it could have triggered a trauma for him, you know, the yeah. trauma of, of never having clean stuff and yeah. never having that. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And hitting on that, I was like, oh, you know what? Yeah, maybe it, like, it wasn't necessarily about me getting mud on his trousers. It's just uh he was angry that that happened and that's all right like let it, let it go don't worry like, and then you know I had this when I, I was going to meet going to meet Jade in town I got like some a little bit of fleck of toothpaste on my trousers and I was freaking out about it like you had to blind man would like to see it yeah, you know yeah. and I was like this is stupid I know where this is coming from I haven't I was like just it's fine and I know mm. it's such a silly little example to use. It's well, the, it's a
0: mechanism that's important, yeah. isn't it? It's, it's that recognition. Yeah. Uh, recognition of, the, of where it's come from, you know. Yeah. That's, that's kind of, you're, you're, you're a bit more enlightened about what's going on for you.
1: Yeah. You're like, okay. I, I, I'm not that bothered that this has happened. I know why. I'm, I'm scared I'm going to get in trouble. Maybe. Yeah. Because I've just got, I've just muddied these. I've mucked this up or I've mucked that or whatever. I'm just scared I'm going to get in trouble timekeeping was another one of those and then I, I hit on that again in the same sort of period I would, if i was running late i would run i would do it to work i would leg it as an adult to to like even if i was already late for whatever you know going back to what we spoke about earlier, i'd just try and shave off any time possible because i'd think i'm going to be in trouble i would like run home uh from the station it, again even as an adult i if I was running late to meet someone, I'd, I'd be like pacing along the street, drive erratically or whatever. And sometimes you don't even know if you're connecting the right dots, but if they feel like they make sense then it, and it lets you, helps you let it go, that's fine. But I put it back to a, a family holiday when I'd snuck out, met up with these older boys that I'd met on the beach. I was like 15, they were like 20. And they got me absolutely paralytic drunk. And someone who my mum and dad had happened to meet on the beach on that holiday had found me laying on the floor after I'd been dropped by these other kids, took me back to my mum and dad's apartment room and they were like, no, he's in bed. That's not him, but obviously it was me. (laughs) And um, yeah, like the... Definitely looks like him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we'll take him. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like the next morning I woke up, my mum was by the side of the bed and she was like scared and stuff. But then as soon as it was clear that I was up and I was all right, all sympathy was out of the window and it's more like, Mm. you know, you're in the doghouse now getting home after the holiday, you know, like curfews and that. And so I'd be running, I'd go to a mate's house, play a bit of computer, but then I'd I'd leg it just to not be late. And again, I think it was another thing I was carrying. Like if I'm late, I'm going to get in trouble and I don't want to, or I'm going to frighten my mum, even Mm. though she might not even be involved in the scenario. I'm going to, my boss is going to have a go at me if I'm five minutes late.
0: So you just carried the, just the, me, the, the kind yeah. of traumatic...
1: And it's another thing, and I know I was doing it, 38-year-old man, and yeah. I know like, you found yourself at your mum's for whatever reason, but
0: it's funny you don't need to explain where you are. You're not late
1: for anything. And I just, like, I was like, yeah, I'm not late. I'm just, I'm on my way home. Um, i not in any trouble. Um, you're making up this scenario in your head that they're going to say, where have you been? why are you late and I'm not late for anything and
0: I think that comes with that kind of you know that's how things build don't they that's how you know these an an event whether it was traumatic probably more traumatic for your your parents than you yeah but then you've obviously been been kind of punished or held to account for it yeah and and that's presented within you maybe an expectation that you've got to kind of always be a bit more accountable on time and then and it just develops into that and grows from that doesn't it so yeah you find yourself as an adult tearing along you know about something that happened years ago in your childhood yeah and, and like uh, I happen
1: to explain as well like i'm late because and then douche, 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 like listing out all the things i'd be like that at work i'm yeah. like yeah i'm like because this that that uh go through all the other things and someone else might stroll in 15 minutes late and start making their breakfast. It's, and I yeah, think, yeah, you know, how do you get No yeah. big deal, yeah. No big deal. And I'm like, why am I sweating? Like, why am I sweating? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's that kind of thinking I had to offer an explanation as to where I've been. I'm sorry I'm late, but this happened. I haven't, I haven't been doing anything wrong. I was talking to a, a carer, you know, like, <laughs> like, like, like my, my guardian, my parent or whatever. And really it's just your line manager who's like, yeah, I don't care.
0: Yeah, this is, this is why we, we have to do work on ourselves, isn't it? Yeah. yeah to kind of remove all of this stuff because, you know, when you look at it, it's, uh, you know, what a way to live. Yeah. You know, you're just kind of dancing about on the surface of life, aren't you? And the stuff that's pulling the strings is like, you know, years and years ago in, in your past and it still has the effect on you. Yeah.
1: Kicking all these cans down the road. Yeah. And it's mad when you look at the, what you think is the origin of story of one of these things and you think, Really, and I've carried that. That's a, that was a nothing thing, like the mundanity of some of the things. And you think, oh, if I share that with anyone, they'll think you haven't got problems, mate. But it's funny what you hold on to, isn't it? That it just becomes a bigger thing.
0: I think it is, and I think you know it's just uh, when we, when we get a chance to look back at who we was at that time, at that period, you know, how kind of vulnerable we might have been, how sensitive we might have been, and you know, all these these things just. Uh, have a way of kind of influencing who you grow into and who you are. And I think, you know, unless you discuss that sort of stuff as you go along, it can just become, you know, just becomes the norm, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it does. I saw a line in a book I'm reading at the minute that was, um, it said something like, the baton of failure passed down from generation to generation. And like you can interpret failure however you want, but it's like uh maybe like on a shorter time scale, yeah, if you get this this kind of impression set on you at a certain point of your life, you then will just carry it and then you can unknowingly let that spill into other areas of your life and, and what have you, and um your confidence without even knowing it is nipped in the bud and you you um you yeah, I guess you just go through life not really knowing the problem is if if you want to call it call it a problem but you're like uh, yeah it's not always that the things you've been through that you're carrying you're carrying the brunt of what
0: the people that i think we carry we carry conditioning from previous generations you know from our parents and you know from collectively through society we carry a lot of conditioning through that yeah, and I think you know what happens when when it's unaddressed, all of that stuff, which is is the norm for it to be unaddressed. Uh, not many people will address it until they get to some sort of crisis in life and start looking and unpicking that. But what happens? I think we just learn to compensate, don't we? We learn to yeah. compensate in in other areas, so you know they'd, they'd probably say at work Joe's timekeeping was impeccable you yeah know, it was a never had a sick day absolutely <laughs> yeah and, and and that's a compensation you know you're kind of compensating in in a in a way for you know some some sort of failing that you feel that you've you've kind of got or is ingrained within you yeah
1: on the flip side they're saying he he did get a bit spicy when we didn't listen to his ideas though <laughs> timekeeping good but he's got he's got a bit of snap if someone doesn't listen to him which is the, yeah again another hangover yeah no you're absolutely right apparently mice carry a trauma up to seven generations tests have shown that, really yeah you wow. can they sent an electric current into a mouse or into mice when they would go for a certain thing that they would enjoy eating and then, that they noticed. Yeah, for seven generations, the the mice would avoid that particular food. Be adverse to it. Yeah, like exactly. Wow, that's amazing, and don't isn't it? That. Yeah. So those the subsequent six generations don't know why they just like it doesn't feel right to. Yeah. Go to eat that or to go. And well, eat I that. think
0: we I think we're exactly the same in in, yeah. in a lot of ways. You can imagine what the, the descendants of that mass that they grew the a year on its back, what would that be like?
1: Yeah, and it's, I guess, you know, yeah, it just reinforces what you're saying there. We we do carry these things and we don't even know half the stuff we're carrying because it's not been, don't know what our mums and dads have been through and their mums and dads have been through and what have you. And you...
0: Yeah, I've done a, an interesting meditation the other morning. It was... Uh, it was on a YouTube thing and, and it was kind of like a cleansing meditation and it called in various different elements but also ancestors as well and and that's kind of, that was interesting that, that we can connect to ancestors or, well I did, you know, in this meditation and did I, did I tell you about when I was away, when I had that, some Reiki? Yes. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was really powerful. Yeah, the ancestors connection, you know, just just obviously so people can understand. I was I was having a bit of Reiki to try and release a bit of trauma, and uh, the 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 person who, who administered the Reiki, who done the Reiki, you know, said to me, "Open your eyes," and and as I opened my eyes, and then I was kind of kind of back, you know, I was wasn't I wasn't unconscious or anything, but I was just really relaxed and. And and still couldn't kind of let this trauma go. And 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 she said to me, "Oh, you need to cry. You need to let this stuff out." And uh, and I kind of looked at her, and she said, "That kiss on your forehead was from your ancestors. They're with you. You're not alone." And as soon as she said that, I just opened up, and just like whew, all this, all this kind of, you know, just release come out. And then, uh, you know, I thanked her. And when I when I kind of cycled back to uh to home and i looked at the the uh, screen of my phone there was that twitter thing come up and it's it just said dear god and it was from someone that i never followed never come across before and the name was peter levy and and levy was my mum's ancestor's name and i looked at the time and it was like 33 minutes would have been roughly about the same sort of time that she said to me your ancestors are with you and that was just like wow and that kind of done me again when i realized that yeah you know it's just that yeah so there's 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 you know, stuff that i find really interesting you know connection I, I think connections you know when we start making them and when we start going on the journey of connecting to ourselves you know there's all sorts of uh other connections that can be made
1: that's when I've, i feel kind of most happy and aligned when i'm connecting with people learning about them and um I guess that's one of the reasons that I've kind of got in into that podcast but when it comes to the family yeah it's like the connecting feels very distant very very distant it's something that I do crave so it's obviously like crave it and in, enjoy it because there is a lack of it perhaps um but yeah where i want it from i'm not looking over there for it it feels like yeah the door i'm sure the door isn't closed to it but you know yeah you just feel like it's easier to it goes back to what i said it's easier to connect with blank canvases of of relationships i guess than it is yeah
0: and sometimes there's nothing wrong with that is there you know sometimes it's uh we need these boundaries because, you know, you, you can't keep sort of, you know, to kind to, to of a, a phrase, you can't, you know, keep going to a cold place looking for warmth, you know, it's uh, no. it might never be there. So I think, you know, we learn to, you know, develop this stuff and, and connect with other people and, and find that that nurturing and what we need, you know, elsewhere. Because it's not always available, you know, where we'd like it to be. That's really important to to know that, and and you can, you know, develop, you know, develop your own sort of uh, access to, you know, having that that type of relationship with other people, and and being vulnerable, and you know, learning to to you know, just be you, be authentic, uh, rather than be guarded and 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 kind of you know, dance around the places that you can never go. Yeah.
1: That's definitely a way of. I've always felt that I could never be fully myself around family. I'm certain they love me, definitely, but I guess just it's like one of life's cruel tricks that it's just not in the way that you need it, you know, which is yeah, yeah. I guess yeah, you know, yeah. Like I say, one of life's great shames, and it'll be that'll be the case for countless people. Um, but there is definitely that lack of freedom to be. Me whether I've that self imposed or not, I don't know um well just yeah, I've made that up in my head where I, maybe I could could be unapologetically me around them, but I don't I always feel like I'm not quite putting like my true self out um something again that Jade picked up on when she first met my family. We left, and she was like, "Who was who was that in there?" You like you barely yeah. you barely said a word. He was just yeah. playing a role. Yeah, I was like, just yeah, you barely said anything, and you tower. didn't give yourself
0: permission to be you. No, um, it takes time. I think you know. Yeah, I think when when you do this work on on yourself, and uh, you you learn, you know, remove these layers of conditioning, and and make these connections, and discover these little things about. Why you are, how you are, and then you get to be, you know, more your authentic self, and yeah, you, know, you can carry it. I mean, I kind of carry my authentic self everywhere with everyone there, <laughs> yeah. you know. And uh, I've got real, you know, especially since publishing the book, the memoir. You know, while I was writing that, it was it was kind of like I was thinking, well, wow, my kids are going to read this, and my grandchildren will read this, and obviously everyone I know. And that kind of, you know, I went through that process of actually, you know, I'm me and I'm really okay with being me and, 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 and just opening up that, you know, opening up that kind of door to allowing myself to be me. I spent you know, most of my life not even really knowing who I was. So, you know, when I discovered that there was something deeper there, there was a, a version of me that I didn't know about, you know, I was living a life and didn't really know about you know who I truly was you know my sensitivity my creativity you know all of the stuff that was you know from childhood was too painful to be with when I kind of got to that place where I wanted it and and then I wanted to live like that and you know I do now live very much as my authentic self but it's it's work and and you find that there's nothing wrong with it you know it's who we're meant to be it's a gift to the world really it takes a lot of courage and a lot of you know, self kind of discovery, really, I think, to, to allow ourselves to be who we are.
1: Yeah, there's definitely a vulnerability involved in it, in there, in doing that. Not knowing what will come back, but then I guess it's getting to the point like you have where, you know, I don't care what comes back. This is just who, who and how I am. And you're okay with however that's received.
0: Yeah, and it's like going back to what we, we said earlier, you know, allowing people to, to have their opinions about you and and not needing to sort of change them or, or control them or, you know, manipulate or direct them, just, you know, being okay with being you and then letting go of what other people make of it. I mean, that's such a powerful thing, uh, a powerful superpower to have, really. Yeah, You know, not being affected by by other people's opinions or what you think other people might, might have an opinion of you.
1: What's the route to that in terms of like actionable steps, do you think, to take?
0: Well, I think the route to that is, is really learning to, you know, who you are and, and getting okay with who you are. You know, that's, uh, that, that's the way forward, really. And then you, you become authentically happy with who you are you know and even and that's not something like you know it's not a destination it's a process so you you kind of you know when you learn this stuff about yourself and then you allow a little bit more of yourself to shine through you know you remove one of those levels of conditioning one of those layers that you've discovered and and then you know like you were saying earlier on about you know feeling like it's a wooden approach to you know, showing some uh, compassion for someone or, or empathy for someone that you might not feel, but you go through the actions of doing that and, you know, you're getting a bit closer to, to you know, who you are really. You know, it's, it's like you have to learn who you are. We don't know who we are, do we? No. You know, we have to discover that. And when we discover it, it's like, okay, now this is different. This can be a bit frightening, you know. You, you learn to get vulnerable, and you learn to allow people to uh, see see you as you are.
1: Yeah, yeah, a lot, lot of self exploration, and yeah, I mean, I've, it feels like I've done a lot of work over the past couple of years, but a little bit daunting to think it's clearly like it's nowhere near enough. It's no, <laughs> you got to keep, <laughs> keep keep giving. Oh, can it be done yet? Can it be done? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it doesn't stop, does it?
0: Well, I think, yeah, I mean, it's enough for, for now, isn't it? We've only got now, really. And uh, I think it's important not to, you know, to let that old, old those old uh, high expectations of ourselves being, being tough on ourselves and all of that kind of stuff, if that's how we are, you know, if that's how we conduct ourselves, it's important to look at that side of us and, and then learn how to soften that up a bit, you know let's not be so tough on myself i was talking to a a friend last night actually who's really you know giving himself a real hard time and i was saying you know you gotta just learn we need to do a bit of work really on you learning how to be kind to yourself because you know it's all about he's looking for external validations everywhere and and when you know he's not finding them or he's not finding enough of them you know he's just giving himself a real hard time and uh you know, I said, it's really sad, mate, you know, it's sad. And he says, yeah, I, I feel sad. I feel sad that this is how I'm conducting myself. And I really, uh, yeah, I mean, I've looked at my life and, and kind of wrote about it in that book, really, about running a business and just, you know, not knowing how to take care of myself. And then, you know, coming away from that and then looking back and just thinking, oh, my goodness, you know, I never would have treated anyone that badly, Yeah. how I treated myself. So I think it's just, you know, you can't just turn a switch, I don't think, on that stuff. I think it's a process that you, you know, when 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 the opportunity presents itself as it quite often does, then, you know, instead of uh, being harsh on yourself, you you kind of look, you know, with a bit of kindness and a bit of compassion. And as you say, it's easy to do with strangers and sometimes, you know, that's you know that's how I learned how to do it by giving it to other people first by learning how to give it to other people and typically I was always last in line yeah but it's that's how it was that's you know I couldn't learn to give it to myself first you know I know some people do and then do it the opposite way you know but it's it's just you know how, how you kind of approach that stuff and I think the the main thing is going back to you know uh, what we were saying really early on is is that yeah, it is a win, you know, when you when you get this awareness about yourself and you can examine that and look at that and we're not always gonna get it right, you know, quite often. We'll make loads of mistakes and then, you know, with hindsight you can say, Oh, God, I could've maybe done conducted myself a little bit better in that situation and you know, and own that and then then the opportunity comes again that you you eventually do, you know, if you if you keep that awareness up and you keep doing that kind of uh that that self-growth you know that's all it is
1: It was like keeping count i guess yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah. yeah, but keeping count without keeping count if that makes sense you know (laughs) yes yeah it's it's like yeah i mean keeping count sounds like you're keeping a marker on it but it's not about that it's just about allowing i think it's about allowing you know allowing your mistakes allowing your fallibilities you know we're all fallible and you know, you looked at your parents and you can allow them their fallibilities and, you know, it's just kind of that process really of applying that to ourselves as well. Powerful stuff, it gives us a lot of freedom, doesn't it? It just kind of frees us up to yeah to be who we are and and not, you know, not need to be kind of denying it and defending it or, you know, getting other people on board. You know, it's just... Uh, we're all having a completely unique journey through this life. And although, you know, we like to identify with other people, no one else lives our life, do they? We always just live our own life. and Yeah. And, and that's our gift. That's, that's all we've got to give, really, obviously. As we were say, saying the other day, no one gets out of this alive, do they? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's about what we do while, while we're here, you know. It's about how we conduct ourselves. And do you really want to spend your life just uh, compensating all the time or do you really want to you know find your authenticity in life and and live that the ups and downs the love the loss the pain the joy you know all of it it's all part and parcel
1: yeah it's just about welcoming all of that isn't it i've definitely had this unrealistic expectation that life could be all roses all the time and when it's not, you kind of feel a bit beaten by it. But that's—it's that's not the way it works, is it? You have got to just appreciate. Well, what I've learned, and what, something I've said to you, is that yeah, there's value to be taken from everything that
0: that happens. Yeah, I mean and, it's a—it's a great place to get when you—you know—that becomes a realization. That yeah, not always easy to get through, but
1: no, and even, yeah, even that's a kind of a constant battle, I guess, isn't it? Because in the moment, sometimes you just—you don't find that inch between what's happening in front of you and how you're gonna react, you just you just kind of find yourself lost in in the moment. Yeah.
0: Yeah, lost in but the, the moment. And then the
1: next time you might get it and you're like, okay, this, this is alright. There's no no problem here. We can what can we learn? What can we do from now on, like from this moment forward?
0: And I tend to look at that stuff now as is, is being connected and not being connected. You know, when I'm connected everything is, is is okay, you know, even if it's not okay. Yeah. But like, you know, my example yesterday when I'm, I'm disconnected, resisting what's happened, life becomes unpleasant. You know, you're pushing against it and it's, you know, it is how it is. But it's yeah. definitely the connection there. You know, that connection for me with self, with just acceptance and it's noticeable when you get it and then you, you lose it. and then, then you notice it.
1: Yeah, unease comes from pushing against that, doesn't it? fighting against what just is and wanting it to be another way you're just creating more unease for yourself but again yeah easier said sometimes than done it's easy to get sucked in if you're unaligned in general for whatever for whatever reason
0: yeah as, as you said at the beginning all that kind of background stuff going on you know all is all drawing energy somewhere even if it's just from from a default position you know your energy's going to it somehow and all of a sudden, you know...
1: Yeah, it's like the background operating system. <laughs> you're just focusing on that. Yeah. And you're like, well, just, yeah. this battery's run out pretty quickly. Uh, oh, yeah, it's all been focused on that life event that's been draining me for... <laughs> you like, Why am I getting ratty over here? Yeah, because I'm not focused on what's in front of me. The the brain's looking at something that's happened over here four months ago that you haven't addressed or...
0: Well, that's it, yeah. I mean, nothing really, you know, is... I like the the analogy of putting a flower on things because it means that you know, you know, you know what's there. You kind of know what's been buried and you know where it is. But when you don't, you know, when you don't put a flower on things, it's just there. It doesn't go anywhere. You can forget about it. You know, you can uh, build a life on top of that, but it doesn't ever go away. And that's the stuff that, that makes us tick. I think, you know, that's the stuff we need to get to, to really, uh, enjoy a quality of life rather than a quantity yeah yeah anyway it's getting really late mate
1: oh geez (laughs) time for bed
0: wow i don't know how long (laughs) we've been chatting but we've been chatting for quite a while
1: at least 15 minutes yeah (laughs) yeah, at least
0: but listen thanks joe it's uh yeah it's been great mate yeah thanks for having me look forward to uh just watching your own career develop and you know it's just uh it is inspirational yeah inspirational for me
1: I appreciate you saying you know, that yeah
0: yeah no thank I've you. seen you come through a lot of stuff and and grow a lot you know it's a lot of personal growth and it's just great that yeah you're my first guest really
1: well you've played a big role in a lot of that growth over the past couple of years nearly two years now so a big thank you to you for that much appreciated um it all comes back around doesn't it
0: Absolutely, yeah, yeah, we, what we what we put out in, in the world, in the universe, comes back to us and when you start putting out good authentic stuff, you know, uh, it comes back and you attract people, you attract the kind of people in your life that are ready to meet that stuff and, and if they're not, you know, you kind of see that straight away. Okay, well, yeah. see you later, have a good one. Cheers Steve, <laughs> and see you later on. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Cockney Guide to Enlightenment with me, Stephen Rosen. Thanks for your time and please don't forget to share this episode with friends. Uh, Press the follow button and you can connect with me at Cockney Profit on social media. It's been great to have your company. Take care and I look forward to you joining us for the next enlightening conversation. Cheers.